It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. I got lists and lists of stupid stories. We need to keep all, lists of my stupid stories. All of my all of my life is involved is, is doing things that have stupid <laughs> stories to tell. Welcome to Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. Jeff Johnson gonna be live from upstairs studio in studio via the Zoom. Nicole Halton from Inspired EC. How are you doing, Nicole? G'day, Jeff. I am great. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so, so last week, uh, Tasha and I went out of we went out of town for uh, about 32 hours or something, just uh, not even work related. Just went out to goof around and everything, and and we found ourselves in a uh, in a in a hotel restaurant, and um, had the the best server that we'd had in in literally four or five years wait on us at the restaurant and it was a it was a delightful experience and uh, and so this this young lady i'm i'm oh, I, look I, we had a, a couple cocktails um no. we're out. yeah i mean it's hard <laughs> to imagine and nicole i know you don't drink but one of the things i like to do when i when i go out is order bottom shelf booze oh because because I, I got I got uh, some you know I don't know as top shelf but mid shelf uh, stuff at home for for sipping but if I if I want to do a shot in a restaurant I want I want uh, a, a bottom shelf uh, whiskey or something because because I want it to burn I, I want it to be like um I try to, to be memorable this. I want it to be memorable I want <laughs> it to be um so I I, I want to feel like I'm a I'm a I'm a cowboy coming in off the range and going nice. into the saloon and saying, uh, hey, give me give me some of your rot gut whiskey and and uh, and then you 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 slurp it down and you feel that burn in your throat and nice. um, I'm trying to explain this to this 20 year old and <laughs> and she's like she could she I tell her to bring me the bottom shelf uh, shot of bottom shelf uh, whiskey and she's like huh and I'm like it's it's like I'm a it's like I'm a, a cowboy coming in off the range. And she's like, she's like, oh, you're like a dusty cowboy. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. And so now, Nicole, Dusty Cowboy is my my new nickname. Every time I go to a, nice. a coffee shop and they ask me for the the name to put on my drink, it's oh, gonna be Dusty, dusty cowboy. cowboy. Dusty Cowboy. Have you done it yet? Um, no, because I don't go okay. to coffee shops very much anymore. So, so this not, is the problem. It, it is though a, a character I've started playing around the house for Tasha's enjoyment. So uh, <laughs> that's a 
It's another thing. I don't thing. know if I need oh. updates on how that one's going, but I like it nonetheless. I like it nonetheless. I'll take no, this, this this young woman. She's a great server. Um, uh, because because some you know some people that work in restaurants and they're just yeah you dicks. just roll your eyes like you know yes um, just dicks. yeah and so she was she was personable and she was on top of things and she was quick quitted and and she's gonna quit her job and go live in Arizona or something I don't know try to figure out what she's gonna do with her her life and she she kind of told us what her plan was and I kind of rolled my eyes and she's like oh that's what my mom did um <laughs> and 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 so then we left her a good tip so that she can get closer to Arizona, I guess. I don't know what that has to do anything, but it was a nice day out. Nice, um, and it's nice to have those experiences with nice human beings. Well, yeah, because sometimes you forget that there there are decent human beings in the world. Yeah, that's right. I mean, no, I not me, because my my human contact is recording podcasts, <laughs> and so I get uh, I have a cavalcade of of delightful people I get to hang yeah. out with. Um, so, got a topic for you. You kind of made I'm that face you made that face yeah. when I was I mentioned it okay so I want to talk about the 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 idea of of expressed versus revealed preferences in early learning settings and so so what I'm talking about because we haven't talked about it any further than that <laughs> is you know sometimes people will come right out and tell you what their preferences are I like blocks or I like dinosaurs. Um, and, and so we, we get the idea of their preferences that way. Or, I mean, it's the same thing with staff. It's I like, I like coffee or I like uh, bottom shelf rock gut whiskey, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. But then other preferences are, are only revealed over time. And I think when we are working with kids or when we're working with other adults, we need to, to, pay attention to both, both the, the preferences that they, they reveal to us by, through their actions and the ones they express and, and know that maybe the preferences we express might not be in line with our actions. And so our revealed preferences are maybe more honest or true than our expressed ones sometimes, because sometimes people re-express preferences that they think are appropriate or whatever, and they're not really what they think or feel. I just talked a long time. I don't know you if did. I said anything. You did. You talked a long time. Um, I think I know where <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Maybe. Um, maybe I'm going in the same direction. I could be going in the a complete opposite direction. But I think oh, it's such an interesting concept because. I think children do typically, well, particularly as they get a little bit older, you're talking kind of toddlers, preschoolers, they'll give us their expressed preferences quite happily. Uh, you know, you hand them a blue cup. I don't want blue. I want pink. Yeah. You know, you have those kinds of things. Or, you know, the, I like dinosaurs and, you know, I just want to play blocks or whatever. But then you've got the stuff that we just see emerging and, you know, that's the stuff that we have to be really tuned into because no one's telling us this child likes X, Y, and Z. But I think when it comes to adults, like you said about um, how our hidden, uh, how our expressed preferences and our revealed preferences could be different, I think that tends, I well, in my experience, I reckon that's more as we get older and maybe even slightly older, maybe school-age children start to do it too. But as adults, I think we do it a lot where we'll say 
oh, you know, I like such and such, you know, whatever that happens to be. I like, um, I like reading Gone with the Wind and, you know, A Tale of Two Cities and whatever. And really I'm at home reading like, I don't know, Danielle Steele or Fifty Shades of Grey or something. And, you know, you get those people who it's like I'm portraying this thing because that's how I want you to see me and whether that changes when you're in different company. I think sometimes for adults that sort of thing changes in different company, what you express as your preferences or things that you like, things that you want to do, whatever, can be angled in one way. But then you've got these other things that's like, well, actually, I don't really say that they're the things I like to do because I don't think that's what would be accepted. And I think that happens with slightly older children, maybe not like out under fives, but I think as children get into school age, they start to get that sense of what other people are expecting me to like or do or know or whatever. And you see it with, you know, maybe even high school age kids where they'll play a sport because dad wants me to play that sport because he played that sport and you know so I'm just going to do that and yeah I like soccer and really they're like I hate this game why am I playing this so I don't know I think it's an interesting one there you go I just talked for a while too was so, I anywhere so, in the ballpark so yeah yeah and, and, it, and it's like I mean a lot of the express stuff might not be be honestly who you are because it's it's you're you're often trying to fit in yeah. Um, I, I, I knew a, a early learning kid, like this is an, an under five-year-old who expressed, I mean, was all about dinosaurs, but it, it turned out that that was just kind of something that, that the, the adult humans that belonged to that kid wanted that kid to be a dinosaur kid. And yeah. when, when given the opportunity to spend time with plastic dinosaurs or dinosaur books or whatever, um, the kid was like, eh, and, yeah. and really was really much more interested in, in running around and, uh, and being a ninja. Um, and, and so, I think we we see that. And so I think one of the ways we get an honest, an honest reading on what kids are truly interested in. And and I mean, part of our job is creating environments that that they find interesting. And so this is this is at least somewhat important, is is through observation, being able to to step back and, and really observe what they're doing gives us a, a clearer version of what their their true interests are today i mean it might be different tomorrow yeah. but um and, and and that's what we really need to pay attention to when we when we come to setting up our our environments is those those expressed expressed somewhat but but more often the revealed interests and i think it's interesting <clears throat> when you said that then and particularly with that child with say the dinosaurs made me think about and as another big issue but even the whole kind of gender thing and you know that stereotyping of <clears throat> the toy like the toys that we buy for children the clothes that they get bought I can remember going and like looking for clothes when my son turned about I don't know it was probably about three and all of a sudden everything had like a dinosaur on it or a truck on it or it was mm -hmm. like black or green or blue like there wasn't anything else like it was very focused and the same for my girls like I I don't do pink and so everything was pink and pink and it had fairies and it had butterflies and you know whatever and then you know you walk down the aisles in toy stores or whatever and there's like this real targeted kind of 
here's all the prams and the doll things and everything's pink and everything's got butterflies and fairies and you know unicorns and whatever and then you go down the other aisle and there's trucks and there's dinosaurs and they're different colors and I think we get this real kind of sense of I don't know it's like a control from you know a societal thing but then I think we do it sometimes with our environments I can remember someone asking once um, at a conference I was at and they said if you were to assign a gender to your play space what would you say it is like and think about each of the play spaces that you've sort of got set up and I think they said about like say the block area if you were to say that block area was a, you know a male or a female what would you call it and most people in the room went well, male like it's a very male space you know it's got lots of trucks and we've got you know building stuff and we've got all this traditional male stuff and you know he said well what about your dramatic play space oh that feels like a very female space we've got up you know curtains and we've got you know nice fabric and what and like it was a really interesting conversation because it started to make me think about like what you know you said about that child with the dinosaurs that the adults in his life wanted him to be a dinosaur kid and I think sometimes we put those things onto children and just expect that they are and I've had so many kids come through who are the complete opposite of what we would have expected but they've been dressed in like all the stuff with the cars and trucks and whatever and then when they arrive the parent says oh look come there's trucks in the sandpit let's go find the trucks and even as adults I've seen like as educators I've seen educators do the same thing you know little Freddie arrives and Freddie's you know 18 months old and it's like oh look I've got a truck let's go you know play with the truck or let's go to the blocks and it's interesting to see where we direct the environment and our interactions. Sorry, that was so much talking. Curtains are female? <laughs> no, but they were like frilly lacy ones. <laughs> oh. You know, like oh. gauzy, lacy, frilly things that people, and as I say, this was in a room full of people and that was the majority of people when I'd assign my, like I'd say that my block area feels more masculine and my my dramatic play space or whatever felt more feminine and you know and they said well do the girls tend to go to one or the other and the boys to one or the yeah most of the boys will spend time in that space most of the girls will spend time in this space and you know it was just interesting I find it very fascinating why that happens and how that happens and what role we play in that and that presumption of what children will be interested in at a certain age or whether they're a certain gender or whatever there's that perceived you know they'll be interested in x y and z and so then eventually the child either becomes interested in it or they express that they're interested in it when maybe they're really not yeah uh, but but <laughs> i mean or i mean maybe those things are just their revealed preferences and yeah. that that most boys most of the time are more interested in in trucks and hard heavy blocks than they are in in lacy curtains um yes and that's why I think um is it Vivian Paley's book Boys and Girls I can remember reading that here a couple of years ago and some of the content in that and it was very like you know there were studies and you know all this sort of stuff but it was very jarring sometimes to read that and to I can remember writing I think I wrote a blog post about it at the time and quite a number of people were like, you're so sexist. Why would you say that? That's such gender stereotyping. I'm like, oh, I'm not trying to stereotype. But traditionally, in my experience, what I have seen is that gravitation towards those those spaces that would be the same spaces we'd say felt gendered. And I just yeah. wonder why. Like, I find that interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my favorite, I like reading 
blogs away from the social media. And so one of my one of my favorite type of blog posts is the mommy blogger who realized it, who, who thought my kid will never blah, blah, blah. And then they end up doing it. Like uh, yeah. my, my little boy will, will never play with guns or swords or whatever it is. And then they start chewing their toast into handguns and, and everything becomes <laughs> Making a, sword. a Lego gun. And-, <laughs> and, and then they finally give into it because that, and that those are revealed preferences. This is, yeah. this is something this child, even though you as a parent didn't go out and buy them a toy gun or a lightsaber, they, they are exposed there. to the culture and they are drawn to that. That's kind of yeah. an expressed that's an expressed interest and uh and and you know most of those mommy blogs end up as in then i gave in and life is better yes. um because when you when you let people live with uh with their their expressed and their revealed their actual human preferences they end up being mostly uh happier and more fulfilled people i think I think so. And I think it's interesting, like we talked then about kind of, you know, toys and interests and stuff, but I think even with the way in which like children dress, I find a really interesting one. Like, um, and we were talking about it this morning, there was actually an article, one of our staff shared um, an article that was written in a newspaper or something here about this little girl, she was four and she played her first game of netball and she played it wearing a pair of glittery high heels, like little you know, kid-sized ones, but glittery high heels was what she chose to wear. And it's like my first thought is, oh, my gosh, those poor feet. But we all kind of agreed that she actually, that's what she wanted to wear. And somebody went, cool, you wear what you feel comfortable in and wear what you're happy with. And I think, you know, we've had that conversation with my own kids. And some days they'll come out, we'll be going somewhere and they'll come out dressed. I'll say, oh, go get ready. We're, you know, going to wherever, the movies or shopping or who, who, who knows, wherever we're going. And they'll come out and sometimes they're wearing things. And I think, what in the hell is that? Like, why would you, like my son likes to pair like florals and stripes and everything's bright. And, you know, like, and I think those things do not match, not even in the slightest, but he loves it and he's comfortable in it and he feels good about himself. And so I've got to kind of take a step back and go, you know what? That's his expressed preference. His expressed preference yeah. at the moment is that he has hair that's longer than mine and has to wear it in a man bun or a ponytail. And his expressed preference is that he'll wear flowers and stripes together. And, you know, like there's those things that, you know, that's their preference. And we've got to actually be able to let them do that, you know, and let them be who they are without trying to change that. Yeah, I, I may or may not be wearing uh, glittery high heels right now as we record this. Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> I can guarantee I am not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do high heels. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's one Me of those neither. things that, you know, so you say, um, it's one of those things that we just need to be prepared to listen to children when it comes to their express preferences, because I think children will clearly tell us things that they do or don't like or do or do, don't want to do or whatever and I, you know okay there's times where we need to negotiate that like they might express the preference for not putting on their seatbelt in the car and well sorry that's not negotiable but I think where we can you know give them those preferences whether they're expressed or um, revealed preferences but particularly the expressed ones if they've if we've got 45 cups and half of them are blue and half of them are red and I've got plenty of blue and I've got plenty of red and they say I'd like a blue one 
don't be an asshole and give them the red because they need to learn to suck it up and they don't get everything they want. Like one of the the quotes I can remember my son coming home and saying a teacher had said to him, you get what you get and you don't get upset. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like you get what you get and you do get upset. You get really pissed off if it's not what you want and that's okay. Like it's okay to be upset about it. It doesn't mean you're still going to get what you want. You might still just get what you get, but you can be upset about it. Like it's okay to be annoyed about it. But I think sometimes we deliberately, I don't know, push children to do something other than what they've expressed that preference for. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we're trying to try, trying to show them that there's, them there's some, there's some hard knocks in life. <laughs> yes. Build a little resilience. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the, this whole preference thing comes in handy with staff too. We talked the last time we were together, we talked a little bit about staffing. And I think one of the problems programs have with staffing is staff, new hires will express things in in interviews or maybe with their their early time on the job that they are really into this or that. And then over time, you, 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 their real preferences become revealed. They might yeah. express, for example, that they're, they're really into showing up on time for work <laughs> that might be their expressed preferences for having a job that they show up to and the reveal preference is no I'd rather I'd rather sleep in and not set my alarm and not show you up for work on out. time <laughs> yeah. uh, or or in the classroom they might talk oh yeah I, I really love uh love taking the kids outside and then you find out that that they're they're making it outside maybe twice a week when they're supposed to be going out daily or those yeah. kind of things. And so um, really paying a dip, I, I guess it's where you, where you find where, where the expressed preferences don't align with the revealed preferences is where you run into to potential employee employer conflicts. Yes. Yes, definitely. Because I think you've got that expectation. They've said, Hey, I love doing, um, music with children and then all of a sudden you know every time that it's time to do music or whatever they they're off in a different direction or you know I'm I'm really great at documenting children's learning and yet they don't actually pick up a pen or you know want to take a photo or record anything or whatever so yeah I think that's where you can get that friction point I'd rather people be straight up and honest from the get-go about what their preferences are and you know we talk about that a lot in our team we do a lot of stuff around you know our personality types and our love languages and that kind of thing and we all have those preferences about you know for me I I am very expressive about my preference not to call me on the phone like unless it's dire I don't really want to have a phone conversation I'd much rather someone send me an email because I'm just much more comfortable with that or I call them and I'm more comfortable with that or if I know it's a social chat different story but when it's work stuff it's like send me a text send me an email I'd much rather deal with it in writing than have a phone conversation but then on the flip side of that I've got to recognize that I've got colleagues who their preference at that they've clearly expressed is that they'd rather talk things through and that's Tash and I to a T <laughs> she'd rather chat things through and I'd rather send me an email <laughs> Oh, oh, Nicole, I talked to Sam about this on an episode not too long ago. Who are these monsters who want Nicole? to talk on the telephone? I know. I, see, I literally see my phone ring and it's like, oh, gosh, no, oh. why? Why are you calling me? Actually, funny story. The other day, um, my 
in-laws were coming to visit and they usually come most Sundays and my father-in-law had already spoken to my husband and said you know we're on our way blah 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 I was like okay cool so I'm doing some washing and the next minute my phone rings and I looked it actually come up on my watch that it was my father-in-law and so and as I'm walking in to answer the phone I'm like why is he calling me why would he even ring me I don't, I don't understand I answered and he's like oh I'm just stopping at the bakery do you want a loaf of bread and I'm like okay that'd be great thanks and I hung <laughs> up and my husband's like you're an asshole like <laughs> he's like you were just complaining why is he calling me he said you start moaning and groaning that the phone's ringing and it, and he said and it was something nice like he was doing you a favor and I'm like yes and it's like, why did he call? Like, he could have asked you that question. He's like, yeah, but I wouldn't have known the answer. He could have texted, want some bread? Well, that's right. Want some yeah. bread. How hard's that? He sounds like a monster. <laughs> what an awful human. <laughs> He's actually amazing. <laughs> but still, I am de definitely in that camp of, you know, I'd much rather somebody send me a text. Even that gives me a little bit of anxiety though. I'm like, oh, a text, an email. See, I've got the choice to open my inbox and then read the emails. A text just pops up on my phone and I've got to read it. Like it's yeah, there and I need to check it. That's intrusive. Yeah, that's very anyway, intrusive. It's very yeah. much an aside. Well, but and, and I mean, I those know, are those are those are preferences too. And so um, and I mean it becomes it becomes it's important to to make sure that what you what you your your express preferences are are your actual preferences. I I would prefer to be emailed than called. Yeah. And if people know that. I mean, I've I've got lists of people because yeah. you know everybody I record with, I, I I communicate with you by email and I communicate with uh with 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 Sam and Lisa by text, and I communicate with uh, with uh, let's see, um, uh, Brett via via email and uh, Bethany and uh, Josie via via Facebook Messenger, and everybody's got their own little preferences, and and it, it's it's cool as long yeah. as and, and 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 you get better response if you communicate with people the yeah. way they want to be communicated with, and so that's why by taking the time to understand the the real preferences of people whether they're expressed or or revealed uh just makes life a little bit a little bit easier and uh well i think you build better relationships and i think that and that happens for adults but it also happens with children that you know that time invested in getting to really observe and listen and you know get that sense of who people are and what they prefer and you know what their interests are and and those expressed things and the revealed things and seeing where they cross over or where they don't I think, you know, when we do that with adults, we build a better relationship between those adults, you know, whoever they are. I think you build a stronger relationship because you're respectful of that and you're mindful of that. You also just get them more, you know, you have have a little bit of empathy sometimes too. Like I think, yeah. you know, we, we talk about that in our team, you know, having a bit of empathy for one another when we know that something's out of our comfort zone or it's not how we prefer to do things. And, you know, I think having that, is is good for relationships but then for children it's that you know it strengthens that connection because children start to see actually you're listening you know you're listening to me and you're seeing who I am and you're you're actually really seeing who I am not just what's on the surface but you're starting to get a full picture of who I am as a person and you know without being able to put it into so many words I think they really relate to that and start to build that strong relationship and sense of, tr of trust that we talked about in a previous episode absolutely Hey, listeners, this is Dusty Cowboy. 
my preference is uh, bottom shelf rock gut whiskey. And for you to keep listening to the Child Care Barn Grill podcast. We'll be back next time with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>